Hello, hello. Welcome back, guys. This is episode one, season four. Where has the time gone? I'm Jess. I'm one of your hosts this season. I've done a couple of podcasts before, so you guys would have heard my voice around the hype world. Today, I've got with me Sky. She's been in a couple of episodes too. Hey, Sky. Hi, guys. How's it going? Good. Glad to have you back. Yeah, I was on the web episode a while ago, which was pretty fun and got in contact, decided to do some hosting. Nice. Well, thank you so much for helping us out. Um, We have so much planned for you guys this season. We've got a lot of cool interviews coming up. We've got some new segments and yeah, it should be really good. So keep listening. So for all our new listeners out there, we're just going to start off by doing 10 fun facts about QUT Hype, just so you can get to know us a bit better. So the first fact is there are three seasons of QUT Hype so far. Fact number two, it started from a uni assignment back in 2016, and I guess the guys just loved it so much that they decided to keep it going. And our third fact, the coolest celebrity that we've interviewed on here, actually there's two. One, we've interviewed the voice of Mario, how cool is that? And Devin Murray, who plays Seamus Finnegan from Harry Potter. If you guys want to have a listen to those, that's on season one, episode nine for Mario and episode 10 for Seamus Finnegan. The coolest band, fun fact number four, is Ballpark Music, who actually performed at the Oz Music Festival. How cool is that? I love ballpark music. Yeah, they they're so awesome. good. I saw them at Splendor a couple of years ago and oh, love, love, love. Awesome Aussie band. And if you want to listen to the ballpark music interview, that's season two, episode one. And fun fact number five, Hive is run by students. Yep. So if you think there's any teachers involved in this, well, actually <laughs> there are. We do interview a couple of teachers and that leads us on to fun fact number six. Our favorite lecturer that we've interviewed so far has got to be Jason Sternberg. He was just, he's a journalism lecturer and awesome, awesome guy. He gave such great insight into just the journalism world really and how to get a career, how to find your feet, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and we also have interviewed some tutors, which leads us on to fun fact number seven. Our fave tutor to interview was Emily Gilholm. Our favourite festival we've attended, Caloundry Music Festival, season one, episode 11, if anybody wants to listen to that one. And moreover, we work out of Z9, which is the creative industries area at KGQT. And our executive producers like to be bought frozen yo... Hang on a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Who put that in there? That was cheeky. Maybe that teaches me to maybe read what I'm going to say before I say it. But that's all right, guys. We'll just skip over that one. I'll bring you frozen yogurt next time. Yay! <laughs> all righty, guys. So during O Week, we went around Kelvin Grove and interviewed some first years and some final years and asked them questions and put it into a little Humans of New York type segment. There'll be a video on our Facebook page, but we've added in some of our favorites into the podcast here for you guys to have a listen. So the questions were for the first years, what do you want to be when you grow up and what you're studying? Hi, I'm Koji Wakeup and I'd like to be a gynecologist. Hi, my name is Sophie. I'm studying creative industries and law. Um, And when I grow up, I want to be an explorer. So I'm studying nursing and paramedicine, and when I grow up, I want to help people. I'm studying paramedicine, and when I'm older, I want to be a very well-traveled person. And for the final years, it was what I wish I knew in first year. Hey, my name's Libby, and in my first year of uni, I wish I knew not to mix alcohol. 
too much. In my first year, I wish that I went to more events and met more people. Connections are more important than the classes sometimes. That the best frappes are at Means Beans on Blamey Street. So we've come up with a couple of new segments this season. One of them is called Don't Get Me Started, which I am so excited about because yeah. if any of you guys who know me know that I love to rant. I will just give me a topic and I will just go off and you probably will have a very hard time shutting me up. Are you the same? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just there are so many things that I could talk about. So we hope you enjoyed this new segment and let us know what you think we should rant about in the next couple of episodes. And now it's time for... Oh, don't even get me started. Don't get me started. Okay, so for our first Don't Get Me Started segment, we're going to talk about, well, I suppose it's not really a name for them, but you know those people that stand outside campus when you're just trying to get to class and yeah. they try to talk to you or they try to sell you something, try to get you to play paintball. I'm like, mate, I don't want to play paintball. I'm just trying to get to class. I already have 10 of your flyers. <laughs> I use them as bookmarks, yeah. so yeah. I don't read them. Yeah, like what's the furthest you've ever been followed by one of them? Oh my God, this one time I was like, oh, I'm really sorry, I'm late, like I've got to get to class. And he's like, oh, no, 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 I'll walk with you. And I'm like, oh, my class is all the way on the opposite side of campus, like it's fine. I wasn't actually going to class, I was trying to get home, but I had to cross campus to do that. So he followed me the entire way across the Goodwill Bridge to South Bank Station. And I was like, mate, don't you have anywhere else to be? Like they're so persistent, aren't they? And it's honestly, a little bit scary like it kind of is yeah because I am walking distance from uni and I've been walking home and they followed me like I don't want you to know where I live that is crazy I put my headphones in and like I keep my head down but I know, it doesn't you kind even of, work you kind of have to like pretend that you don't see them or try and ignore them but some of them are pretty sneaky they'll still you know and of course like I do want to help out whatever causes you're trying to preach to me whatever you know you're trying to get me to sign up for I do but if I look like I'm in a rush and I look like I'm trying to get somewhere yeah. maybe next time yeah and it's not it's not like I don't ever approach them like if I'm actually interested I'll actually approach them and be like hey I'm kind of interested if I'm turning my head away I'm probably I'm not, not going to pay <laughs> for your paintball like, exactly sorry if any um paintball fans are listening we we do like paintball just not we don't like to be you know harassed about well, it we, every day at uni for all you first years out there if you haven't had to deal with these people yet my tip would be to just headphones in head down and just make a run for it well maybe not run because that might look a bit weird but i would just sort of make it look like you're on a mission tell them you're 17 half of them can't sign you up when you're 17 that is hilarious. I, I mean, did not know that. I, yeah, wish I, I, have, I wish I knew that when I was 17. Yeah, I have a baby face and whenever yes. they talk to me. You're still 17, <laughs> Sorry, guys, I actually am 17. So if any of you guys out there are trying to sell me anything, I'm 17 <laughs> and you can't talk to me without my parents here, so... So one of the other segments that we have for you guys this season is called How Do I Become A? insert career path here and we're going to be interviewing lawyers radio hosts we've got casting agents we've got so many different kinds of people on here and so each episode we're going to have a little interview and our very first one we're starting off with a bang guys this is an awesome one we got to interview those two girls they run the breakfast show over at hit 105 they had so much to say to us that we couldn't fit it into one podcast so tune in next week to hear the rest of the interview with those two girls what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a writer. I want to be a designer. I want to be a doctor. 
This is how to become a. Well, we don't want to freak you out, but it took 19 years from oh, when we started together. <laughs> I'm 20, so that's just yeah. another lifetime for me. <laughs> but think... we've had many interesting and varied careers in that and time. And it's all, we every like step we took led to us meeting and at the perfect time to create our Those Two Girls brand and company and move into the gaps in the modern market that were out there. So We feel it's really serendipitous yes. without sounding woo-woo at all. but Because what we're doing now wouldn't have worked 10 years no. ago. Mm-hmm. It would never even entered our mind to no. do it 10 years ago. So. No, we have such complementary backgrounds, right. uh, a lot of common things, but very complementary backgrounds and when we met how long ago now four years ago yeah. it's not even that wow. long yeah only four years only okay. four years right. and and it and it went so quickly yeah. as soon as we started um so i guess because our skill sets were so complementary so because it's qut listeners yes. like, yep. i guess we go back Outline so those. um so I did two degrees at QUT. So I originally did the theatre, the then theatre strand that was at Kelvin Grove in their creative industries precinct. And I think it's still headed up yeah. by the same people. Um, and I did that for four years with honours. And my goal was to act and be involved in theatre. And then I realised that wouldn't work because I'd be poor. <laughs> then I had a gap year and went back to uni and did a graduate diploma in journalism. And I remember sitting in my first journalism lecture and the lecturer is saying, 97% of you here will never work in journalism. Most of you will end up working in PR or marketing or something totally different. And for me, I went into PR. I didn't want to move to a rural position. I just left Bundaberg. I was in, in no way going to um, stomach a regional kind of <laughs> town. <laughs> um, and so I ended up working in PR for about 10 years. Right. And in that time, that filled my... Uh, my writing, my communication skills. Um, so I'm probably very corporate based with my with my writing style. But in the middle, a middle that there were, we were writing scripts, we were writing speeches, we were, um, you know, again like media releases. You knew what to look for and what the media, what, what you should be pushing to the media. And then when, when I was on maternity leave, I started writing again creatively for a few websites, and that's how I met Lee's. Yes. And so Lee's with her story. <laughs> so. I will add to that, Sarah and I are both born in the same year, married in the same year, our kids are two days apart, insane similarities that oh, just blew our minds when we met. But aside from that, I started in journalism, as I was saying to you before, right here at Gardens Point. Um, I found it very confronting when I started journalism because I did very well at English came naturally to me. I love to be creative with words and express myself that way. And first year journalism was a massive slap in the face. Um, as I was saying on stage earlier, um, like the people that were around me already had cadetships and I didn't even know that was a thing. Like I was just living in this bubble of, I'm, I'm going to be a great writer and a journalist. I don't really know what it takes to be that. So I did a year of that and then I bailed. <laughs> Sorry, um, Sorry you too. <laughs> took, a, took a gap year um, and then I got back into communications after that. Uh, but I never went to my graduation, so I did graduate. <laughs> I didn't. I never went to mine either. No. Another thing we have in common. Did I just you? didn't go for, for the fan. I was like, well, I've done it. I don't need yeah, to wear a I just drone. Went, I was like, I don't want to come back. 
and then my That's life took a really different yeah. turn and mm-hmm. I ended up living overseas for four years okay. and working in fashion in New York so totally different turn and in that time I guess my um, application in the real world was just taking in a lot of creative stuff so TV commercial to production um, all of that stuff so when Sarah and I eventually met because Lisa, Lisa's in the same position she was on maternity leave started writing and that's how we met because we had friends who were like I think you'd really get along with Lise Carlaw and vice versa and um, and so we met over I think you came over to my house one <coughs> night yeah and we we drank wine responsibly we did it <laughs> and um, and very quickly it was it was almost like we kind of described it, it as like falling in love yeah. where you think when you're in your mid 30s because we were what 34 I suppose, yeah, oh, 33 yeah 33 yeah and um and you think you found your posse of friends mm-hmm. and you've got your life sorted there and then and lee's kind of walked in for me and was like oh wow like where's this woman been all my life and it was just creative creative we had ideas just spewing out of us and because we just the banter was the chemistry between us was immediate Mm -hmm. and there was just no end in stuff that we could talk about and then I think I had a stupid daydream which again sounds just pathetic I had a daydream one day and I called Sarah and I was like I've just had this weird daydream about this was about so seven, embarrassing. Seven, six months after we'd met? Yes. Yeah. I don't even it's think even it was that long. that long. I was like, I've had this daydream that we're like holding microphones talking to people. And so I was like, what? No, I was, I was like, like, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just completely delusional. We were like, okay, um, I think this could work. I don't exactly know what I'm proposing. And before we knew it, we sort of pitched ourselves as a female MC duo in because Brisbane. Because that didn't exist. It didn't right. exist. Okay. So at the time in Brisbane, all the fantastic journos, sports reporters, tele reporters, -reporters, you know, they were doing um, the MC work, doing it very well, but there was nothing that represented what we saw as a female friendship duo, where we could spar off each other and have fun, we weren't represented by a network, so we didn't have to, you know, always be very official, we could totally be ourselves and have fun. And long story short, the first gig we did was... um, the Bachelor um, live finale for Channel 10 um, here in Brisbane and because we were mad fans and we just pitched out we we called up the venue we were like hey we're on Facebook we just seen here that you guys are putting on an event got a host (laughs) it was that ballsy that ballsy and again one of those serendipitous moments she uh, the owner of the venue space said yes we are putting on that event and we're currently sitting in a meeting trying to figure out who our hosts will be can you be here tomorrow at one and they said we can't can't pay you Uh and we said that's alright we'll do it for because we knew being aligned with channel 10 at that point in the market would, would give us some credit and we knew we've never for a minute and this will sound up ourselves but take it from women who are 37 it does it, we don't intend it to be that way we've never once doubted our ability never in to the point being... where we look back at things <laughs> we've done and we're like geez we had <laughs> some tickets for ourselves <laughs> but like, it comes from a place of just going we know we've got this you because... know what we did wait <laughs> This is so funny. It cracks oh me up because it will come back to us to one day. We what were like, it? you know what? We need a manager. Oh, yes. Who's Jennifer Hawkins managed yeah. by? <laughs> well, well, She's yeah. doing pretty well. So we just hit up Jen Hawkins' manager. Who's we didn't have mood? any kind of radio show. We just nothing. put on we a few nothing. of our events. We didn't end seeing. We're like, well... You've done. You've worked magic for Jen. We think uh, you can do the same for us. And he was right back. He was like, 
this is a lovely email. <laughs> it's, a, like, it's a polite thanks, but no thanks. Thank you. And and we, like, like, we said to him, you'll regret this one day. We now have a manager in Melbourne. Yeah. I don't know if this guy regrets it, but <laughs> one day... I don't think he knows about it. <laughs> I think we should send him a follow-up. I don't know. But no, it was just never a doubt in our minds that we had what that what we had was special mm-hmm. and what we were offering was different and it's not about stepping on anyone's toes or taking anybody's just finding jobs. your little niche it's our, it was our own little niche um so we did that got some cred that and followed with lots of word of mouth and then other yeah. events followed and we were doing so many events for other companies that we we'd sort of been to so many high teas with scones we we're like you know what there's got to i reckon we could put on a better event than this mm-hmm. And so we started, um, we created the event that we wanted to go to. Again, Hilarious. it was about if we're going to go out on a weeknight and spend money on a ticket, what do we want to go out? We want to laugh. There were so many inspirational events out there where you sort of like, we oh, those events. God. You know, you we hate women's events. We feel a little bit bad about yourself. Yeah, I mean, we hard. like them, but because really, we do know. them. So if anyone's listening, hire us. We like but, them. But Call our manager for our fee. <laughs> No, 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 but we were just like, we like having a laugh and we don't And there's nothing else in Brisbane that's going on that represents what we want to go to. We made it ourselves. We totally made up this event and we were like, whatever. We didn't even do the maths on it. We were like, yeah, we'll get a few other speakers. We'll sit on a couch and we'll ask them questions. Didn't even script it, not once. Not one thing scripted. We got up there. Um, it, sold out, it sold out within... 24 hours. That's incredible. Well, wait, it gets better. (laughs) (laughs) And we were like, we don't even know what's happening. Like, we were were, were like, oh, God, they're they're selling and they're selling and they're selling. Again, we didn't even think how amazing that was. Like, we just knew that would happen. (laughs) Sarah's like, that's how like ourselves we were. This is like, Sarah, I need to make you a bumps here. It's our birthright. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds terrible. It's our our birthright. No, but I love it. And we made a profit of like, $300 $300 after we got on 25 like about 200 We had no idea what was involved. No it was like, idea. Whatever. Oh, we God, just we've got did to it. pay for microphones and we've got to pay for venue and, and it we've was got to great. pay for... And there was such a demand that six weeks later we put on a second event that was for 300 people and it was at Ridges and then that event sold out in 20 hours. And then... And then we knew we were on to something. Yeah. And then we waited because that was, you know, pretty... pretty. That was only been two or three months apart. Then about six months later, we put on a huge event for about 440 people and it sold out in two, two and a hours. half hours. Five, yeah, it was close to Because we brought up people to Brisbane who don't normally come up. So like right. Mia Friedman, Zoe Foster, and oh, there was okay. a young um, Sophie Keisha who was a very popular or is a very popular Instagram um, star. star, I suppose. And then six weeks later after that, we mixed it up again and we got the catering show girls, okay, Kate McLennan and Kate McCartney. Yeah up to the powerhouse and did a show for 500 people so all but of a sudden we essentially were like, being we were nobodies the concept behind the event was we're just two friends who can talk underwater we don't need scripts we won't ask these other people lots of questions that obviously the audience wanted to ask as well so right. no holds barred you know we'd ask them things like um how many times a week do you fall asleep and how many times a week do you pretend to be asleep when your husband comes in the morning? <laughs> Which I appreciate that you're laughing because you're very young. But that but it will, happens. It that happens. Happen to you. Um, and they loved it because they, we were asking these questions to Mia Friedman. Right. Who never gets asked those questions mm-hmm. really. So well, She probably does. We just, again, we just claimed them. <laughs> she never gets asked questions like that. You beauty. And so, and so um, from that, 
from all of that emceeing and then doing our own events, we got an email from Gemma Fordham, who's the head of content for the entire hit network. And basically she said, you girls have been on my radar. No idea how. <laughs> oh, because we did the Mamma Mia video. Yeah, we did some, well. we, did, we had a contract oh, okay. with Mamma Mia. To do a few videos. For four or five months. Um, did those. And she said, you girls are on my radio. How would you feel about a weekend radio show? So when you ask us, how did we become radio <laughs> broadcasters? It was... A very chain of yes serendipitous, serendipitous events. That we knew nothing about radio, right? Like aside from listening to it, we were no we were different to graduates nerds. walking in. But the difference, I suppose, was that we were always very confident in our writing ability, in our ability to make fun of ourselves, which meant that we could do skits and sketches. Um, and, and that was a big appeal to our our first content director. And because you, we haven't been in media in our 20s, we've come into it with a whole lot of life experience about working in an office environment, writing for corporates. So we feel that that background, that shared background, gives us a very unique skill set for newcomers, essentially. And radio is changing, industry. where it used to be you had to put in the hard yards through regional radio and all of that. And, and, and there are still, still yeah. people that take that path, but the, the head honchos are also scouting talent in really unlikely places, and I guess we're proof of that. Right. Yeah. Um, that that happened for us. Um, and... Now it's just, yeah, it's been a really, really steep learning curve and a very fast. Yeah. So we went from weekend breakfast um, last, year, last one year, year and then they offered us national early breakfast, which we were after kind of blo- after mm. one year um, blown away about. But again, we're, you know, <laughs> not, well, we love not, what we do yeah. and we're confident in what we have to offer and we just hope that the radio execs still continue to like that and listeners as well I suppose because they're they're the people who give the feedback but yeah we feel like it's it's certainly been a journey so even though you're studying journalism now to bring it back full circle whatever happens after you graduate mm. it's not nothing's it's not wasted. the final destination yeah. you know like there will be I think they say the average person has seven career changes in their yeah. life yeah. and that's exciting you know I, I think if anyone's listening who feels like they're locked into doing a particular mm. course now or, you know, they're doing something for family obligations or what have you, then, you know, look at this as a chapter in the adventure book that is your life and trust us, it mm. will it will ebb and flow and change. And, and you've got, I mean, it, it, there's no doubt that you've, you've got to make things happen for yourself. Like, we certainly haven't just, like, kicked back we've put ourselves on the line so many times our yeah. our ego our, our humiliation on the line just because we're like you've got to take a punt and you we always say to one another like you cannot sell a secret if you want something you've got to tell them like yeah. we were not backwards and coming forward in our first month in radio telling our content director um, is when is the drive be. slot opening yeah <laughs> and they're like guys people have been in radio for 15 years yeah. And do not have the drive slot. And I think we always backed ourselves too. (laughs) And your point? Yeah. So we've known what our skill sets are and we can direct our attentions to them. So I would also say, don't be afraid to tell people what your skills are. Don't be afraid to ask for help and put yourself out there. We know that can be intimidating, especially when you're young, but nothing ventured, nothing gained, right? Which sounds so sappy, like an Instagram meme, but... Honestly. And most people do want to help, and the, uh, 
like, you know, we've had a number of students approach us or people. Remember that young girl at that event yes. that we emceed who just came straight up to us and she was like, um, I, w- I want to somehow get involved. How can I, like, who, I, I want to somehow get into it. She didn't really say radio, yeah. but she was like, I really love what you guys are doing. Anyway, we put her through to the content director. Mm-hmm. She might be getting a position on the street mm-hmm. team, which is wow. where a lot of people start. Right. Um, so, you know, people are willing to help. Yeah. Uh, the right people are. Yeah. And you'll come across people who are very protective of their, their industry. They don't want to share stuff with you. That's fine. Move on to the next person. And some people may, may be naysayers. They may say say you can't do something mm. or we think you should go in a different direction but you really have to listen to your gut instinct we've mm. always had a three second rule which is basically you know ask yourself a question your gut will answer it for you in three seconds and that's the truth of it so you've really got to listen to your intuition um because it's generally always right, right. yeah i don't think we've been wrong once no in, when we really tune in and go yeah. You know, it, 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 whether it's a job for money, but it doesn't feel right for some reason. Yeah. I mean, they're the hard ones to turn yeah, down because yeah. we're all here trying to make some, a living. And sometimes saying but, no to things is as important as what you say yes to. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, and that it's a really tough one when you're in business, but it's, it's held us in good stead. Yeah. Yeah, really good stead. So... So this season, guys, we're going to try and feature as many QT musicians as we can, whether that be covers or original music. We're going to try and get as many students as we can on the podcast. Yeah, and this is an extra special episode because we're actually featuring one of our own. Jess, what song will you be playing? Well, this week, my sister and I will be singing a song called Take Roses by the Chainsmokers. It's called Wren Sisters, so if you want to check us out on Instagram and all that sort of jazzy stuff, please feel free to do so. Thank you so much for listening to the first episode, guys. Tune in next time. Bye, guys. I turned him to gold and it took him Smoke a little weed on the couch in the back room, hide away